0: Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Toleric Community Church. Well, Good morning this morning. Hey, uh, I am so excited to be with you guys this morning. So excited to be um, a part of this teaching team. Um, And before I get into this series, I just want to take a moment. And uh, just say how thankful I am for you guys allowing me to have this opportunity to do this, to be here. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed this season of life, this season of ministry, being able to have this opportunity to share the Word of God with you too. To share even the role and the responsibilities of what it looks like and what it feels like to be your pastor and it's been so fun doing that with two amazing guys and, and Steve and Shane and so I just want to thank you guys for giving this uh, us this opportunity um, and for being so generous I haven't had anybody throw tomatoes or make any uh, smart remarks other than bud uh, while I've been up here and I can't tell you how thankful I am about that but um, this is going to be a great Sunday we have a, a great new series that we're kicking off and um, I am so pumped about this um, God me and re and uh, this, is, uh, this, was a, this was a tough one for me. I'm going to be honest with you guys. This was a hard one. in uh, other times, it seems like God just kind of speaks directly to me. And, and, and uh, I was talking with Steve about that earlier this week. And then other times, you really feel like you wrestle with the message. And uh, earlier this week, Steve popped his head into my office. And I think it was like Thursday. So it's pretty late in the week. And he says, hey, how's it going? And I said, it's great for the simple fact that I have written three messages so far. And none of which do I feel comfortable using. And he goes, that's, that's the way it goes, right? And I said, yeah, 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 I get that. But, I mean, um, it's, it's kinda, it would be nice if I could hone in a little bit, especially on a busy week. You know, we've got a Reaching Higher fundraiser coming up, January 26th, $50 a ticket. It's going to be really fun. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't have to do that here with you guys. If I was guest preaching at First Baptist, I would do that. But I know all of you guys are going to show up to the fundraiser, right? Okay. Hey, but I am truly, truly excited about this. Uh, God, me, and re, as a prefix, precedes and alters a word, so God precedes and alters our lives. Whatever our goals, whatever our journey, whatever our trials and difficulties, God needs to come before it all. He needs to come before it all to qualify it, to modify it, or change it to His will. During this sermon series, we want to Re-examine. We want to recalculate. We want to refocus, re-engage, rethink, reprioritize, reconnect, and renew our relationship with our Creator and recommit to making God the prefix of our lives. I'm excited about this series, and and I hope that you guys are going to do your best to join us all four weeks for this series. But I want to share with you guys a personal dilemma that I've been having uh, recently. I don't really do New Year's resolutions at the beginning of the year. It's not really my thing, right? Um, Instead, I do goal setting. I believe in goal setting, and I look at my goals for the year as a journey for my year. And it helps me keep my focus throughout the year, believe it or not. It's a starting line for me that gives me something to really aim at throughout the course of the year, like an end point or a a finish line or a destination. Now, one could make the case that the two are the same, resolutions and goals. But I feel like a New Year's resolution is really just more like fluff. It's, it's a little bit, um, it's not focused, it's not honed in, it's not like a SMART goal. If you don't know what a SMART goal is, SMART is an acronym for specific, measured, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. So when I go to make a goal at the beginning of the year, that's how I make it. I make sure that it's something um, that has all of those characteristics built into it. That's the type of goals that I try to set for myself. Now, Billy Graham said this about resolutions. He said, Resolutions tend to be self-centered wish lists with little thought about whether or not they are God's will for us. I think that's pretty good. And I'm not about to argue with Billy Graham. I don't think you should either. So now, in years past, I would sit down and I'd create a few categories that make up my life. And then create three to four goals for each of those categories. For example, here were my categories last year. I had one broad one. It was work, okay? And under work, I had a subcategory for, for reaching higher, for student ministries, uh, for 20s and 30-somethings, and then operations and expansions. The second category I had was spiritual goals. And then the last one was personal goals, which included things that um, were meant to help kind of take care of me, the things that would help uh, me be a better husband, um, be a better father when that, when that stage came, right? And my dilemma this year is when I looked back at 2018's goals, and I really looked at them, I could see someone who valued work over family and faith. I saw focus, I saw strategy, but I really didn't see much of Jesus I could see goals that at the end of the year they would elevate me, they would help me in my professional life, and they would help me with the feel-good things, but, but not necessarily where God was glorified. I couldn't see where God had said, take my courageous vision and jump. For example, one of my spiritual goals I had was the goal to read the Bible, the entire Bible, this year. But when I actually thought about why, when 2019 came around, why did I have that goal? Why was that goal written on my whiteboard in my office? And I was really honest with myself about that. It wasn't so that I would grow closer to God. It was so that I'd be better prepared and more qualified to hold the position that I'm in. To be standing right here in front of you today. It was all about gaining more knowledge. And I have a feeling that I'm not alone in this. I think that we all face this similar challenge at the start of a new year. Our intentions are good, but we don't start in the right place. We don't start with the right focus, and instead, our goals all tend to center on us, and they're made up of self-improvement, and it's, it's as if the, the practice of making a wish list that we had the, year, the month before in December somehow is carried over, and it's crossed over, and we're still asking for things that we think are going to make us happy, when in reality, when we re-examine what was on our goals this last year, we find that none of those things made us truly happy and few if any were accomplished they had been forgotten or we gave up a study I want to tell you guys about a study that was done by Strava any of you guys familiar with the Strava company the Strava app anybody in here a couple of you guys okay so it's a social network for athletes that has uh, an app that allows you to set fitness goals and um, you can do it for walking or running and, and biking and it helps you track your progress Now this company then compiled all of their data, analyzing about 31.5 million global activities being tracked for the last few years, and they found that February 12th is National Quitters Day. (laughs) That's right, February 12th is National Quitters Day. The second Friday in February is when motivation from the beginning of the new year to change a habit, to get healthy, begins to wear off, and 92% of New Year's resolutions, die by Valentine's Day. That's crazy, right? 92%. But there's, here's the points of today's message that I really want you to take home with, okay? It's not how can I set goals or even how can I make it past Valentine's Day. It's this first, the start. The start is crucial to fueling motivations for accomplishing our goals. And the start includes the what and the who before the do. The start includes the what and the who before getting to the do. Second, there's a biblical process for goal setting, for identifying and improving areas in our life that we need to work on that needs to be a practice that we put into our lives. Those are the two things that I want you to take away today. So let's begin with what God says about our start. What should be our driving motivation? How does the Bible describe the what and the who? Let's start with what we are. when as yet there was none of them. So what are we? We are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for good and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. We are God's creation, fearfully and wonderfully made with plans for good and not evil. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, do it heartily as if you're working for the Lord and not for me. We are God's creation fearfully and wonderfully made with plans for good and not for evil. And what we do for God in 2019 isn't nearly as important as the who and the why. Second Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. So who are we? Who are we? Our identity is found in Christ. This is the most important thing in our lives that you are a child of God. You were bought from sin. Jesus paid the ransom through his death on the cross and the resurrection. And it's important when it comes to setting goals for 2019 because it's crucial to our start if we want to reach the end. Identity is key the who, the what. Identity is crucial, and here's why. Identity shapes our actions. When you know who you are, you know what to do. Identity guides your actions. The do actually overflows out of the who. All of a sudden, your journey makes sense. You understand the route that you need to take to get from setting the goal to achieving the goal. You understand your starting point, why you're starting there, and who you were at the beginning. You see, God is much more interested in who you are than what you do. Because ultimately, who we are should control what we do. This is a powerful thing. A very powerful thing. Because in the midst of our journey this year, when we get off track, the enemy can't connect the failure to our identity. Right? So if I fail, I'm not a failure. That's the twist. That's why it's important to know our identity. If I fail, when I fail, I'm not a failure. Instead, I recalculate. I think about the start, and I think about what I am, who I am, and whose I am. Oh, that's right. I belong to the great I am. It's important to know our identity so that we can continue on the route. The first thing that I thought of when I was writing this message, and I I heard the word recalculate, is the GPS, right? Right? It's the first thing I could think of when I heard the word recalculate. And some of you guys are like, oh, don't even get me started on recalculate with a GPS, right? But it's so funny. I can remember as a really little kid, really, really little, because I'm not that old. My parents used to use maps to travel, right? These were these things that you would, like, stuff in the glove box. And when you're in a place you didn't know, you'd pull out this thing. And it kind of reminded me. It kind of made sense. I had an aha moment while I was sitting in the pew a second ago because I thought about it. I was like, man, these maps are huge right you pull it out and it's got like 37 folds this way and 40 folds this way right and it's like how does somebody open that in the car and not crash and die and then i thought i remembered my mother, or my wife's grandma had this big buick and we sat in it uh when we helped move the car out and wash the car for it. and i thought to myself sitting in this buick this is a giant car like why does anybody need this much space it's the maps It's the maps. How else can you open it up and not block the driver's view, right? But I can remember just a few trips where my parents would actually use the map to calculate their destination, right? This is where I'm starting from. Draw it. This is where I want to get to. And then, it wasn't too much longer after that, the technology came out along with the expansion of the internet, and we had this thing called MapQuest. How many of you guys have ever used MapQuest in your life? Yeah, MapQuest. Great great, right? Now, you didn't have to pull out the map and plot your course and then write down the directions. You just put in, where are you starting from? Where do you want to get to? And it would give you this thing and this, this whole sheet. That, of It's paper. You print it out, and you could hold on to it, right? And uh, it wouldn't just speak at you. You gave it to your co-pilot, and they directed you with the directions, yeah? And then, it wasn't too long after that, after MapQuest, that we had our first GPS technology, right? How many of you guys remember the Tom Tom? Anybody? Anybody remember the TomTom? It's like its own little deep GPS unit. You mount it on your dash. had a screen. It talked to you. Yeah, my dad called that the dumb-dumb. <laughs> because it never got anything right. Constantly recalculating. The dumb thing. It wouldn't tell you it's time to get off right here until you were five miles past, right? And then recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. So by the time you finally do get back, it's already got a new plot routed up for you, right? It was terrible. Today, we have our phones, and we have built-in GPS systems, and a location setting that always knows where you're at. In fact, it has the ability to actually learn your behaviors to the point where when you get in the car, it can pretty much assume it knows where you're going, and it's either going to tell you this is where you're going, I think, or it's going to tell you this is how far you are away from getting back home. Mine always tells me you're five minutes away from getting back home, 1820 North Jim Street. I don't live here at the church, my phone, I live at home. It's interesting though, when we hear our GPS's say, recalculating, recalculating, what is it really doing? It's not that it's changing our destination, what it's doing is it's saying, okay, you told me that we're starting at this location, and you want to get to point B, and so I've laid out the best course for you, and now you are off course. You have made a mistake, but it doesn't just stop there. It uses this new location that you're in as the start to the route for you to finish. Why? Because the start is crucial. Without a start, there is no end. There is no destination. Throughout your journey in 2019, the enemy is going to tell you about what you're not. The enemy is going to try to relate the GPS saying, recalculating, recalculating to your identity as a failure. It's going to sound like a reminder that you can't do anything right, that you're not good at it, that you're a miserable person, you're a bad person, you can't be used by God. Remember when you did this? You can't reach your goal, just quit. And in those moments when we find ourselves off track, we have to go back to the power of Scripture, to God's promises. And remind ourselves daily who we are and what our purpose is here on earth. And allow that to propel us forward to reaching our goals and our destination in 2019. Let the what and the who drive the do in 2019. Now I know that sounds super basic. A Sunday school answer. Make God the center of your lives. Every answer is God. What should you be focusing on? God. What should you do, Jesus? What should you... It sounds like a Sunday school answer. Like you don't already know that if you're here today. But I have to share with you this morning that I was convicted by this simple thought. In Preparing this message, when I started to prepare for this lesson, I wanted to try to teach you all something that you hadn't heard before about the Bible. I didn't want to bore you. I wanted to blow you guys away. I wanted to sound smarter than Shane for once. I still kind of (laughs) do but there's something about that there's something in that you know what that is that's pride stealing and derailing my identity and it's like pride was the radio in my car that was overpowering the GPS. God's GPS this week was trying to tell me, recalculate, recalculate, you're going to drive off into a ditch, recalculate. And instead, instead all I heard was pride blaring ACDC in, the, in through my speakers, I'm on a highway to... <laughs> Some of you that know that, you, you, need, you need to pray right now. Others of you that went right over your head, you are a saint, apparently. (laughs) That's the illustration that I felt. That's what I was convicted with. I was so tempted, I was so drawn, so led by pride that I was allowing that to guide my message. Not God, right? Not what we should be focused on. And then to go back at the goals that we set, that I set in 2018, what led those? Pride, not God. To complete those goals, who does it honor? Not God. It honors me. That's pride. It's one of the greatest sins. I listened to a podcast from a a pastor named Kerry Newhoff. If you're a podcaster, you definitely need to listen to this guy. And he says in his latest book, Pride will snuff out your empathy, stifle your compassion, create division, suffocate love, foster jealousy, deaden your soul, and make you think all this is normal. And then I heard a message on Friday and God spoke through it to me and he pointed it out in me and I asked for forgiveness, but he pointed out clearly that it's not the deep study in Greek and Hebrew that my people need. It's not some intelligent thought that they need. It's not some great illustration that they need. They need to know that they are my creation. They need to know that I created them for a purpose. They need to know that I love them. Church, we need, we need help with our hearts this year. We need help with our hearts. You may already have goals and destinations in your mind for 2019, and some of those things may be God-honoring and, and, and praise God for that, but some may not. We need Jesus to do a, a heart operation on us to remove those selfish wish lists, goals that are going to take us off course. Before you guys go today, I want to share with you something that I found this week. The Bible is so full of amazing things, we're never going to be able to actually comprehend everything in that great book. But there's a biblical process for goal setting. There's a biblical process for identifying and improving areas in our life that we need to work on, and it's found in Ephesians chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to go there now. It's going to be on the screens. Ephesians 4, verse 21 through 32. It starts with, "...since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former ways of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy." I want to stop there for a moment. This passage reminds us that we are a new creation through Christ. When we accept him, we are a new creation, we are a new person. And that if we allow it, the spirit is going to work to renew our thoughts and renew our desires. And that's what we were talking about earlier in allowing the who Control the do. Allow the new creation in Christ to control the do. Allow it to control how you treat people. Allow it to control how you love one another. Allow it to control how you relate to the Lord, right? Allow that to be your motivation. Then there's a three part pattern here that we're going to find in the rest of these verses that I want us to take with us starting in verse 25, carrying on to verse 32. It says, So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. So this first part, part one, step one. This is a directive. It's a directive to retreat from something in our own personal nature. It's a, it's a directive to retreat from something that's in our lives already. So, for example, in that first section, it says, stop telling lies. Stop telling lies. Pretty simple, right? It's a directive that says at the beginning of this journey, we have to first acknowledge where sin is at in our lives and commit to stop it, to flee from it, to reach. Step 1 retreat Lamentations 3:40 says let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord he is this he in him it, that is where our starting point is this is our starting point be real with yourself when you're setting your goals so that you can actually see your real self in 2019 the real you that God created you to be that's the that's the that's the first step Part 2 step 2 we have we have a recalculate moment here, a reroute. It says, tell your neighbors the truth, right? So I told you what you need to take off in your old self. This is what you need to do now in your new self. This is a, the reroute. Tell your neighbors the truth. So after we've identified the sin area in our heart, it's time to make the change. But it's not enough to just have a due goal. If we want to be able to get through the rough moments on the journey, we have to get through those, those, t- those moments where we start to fail or get off track. The only way that that's possible is to actually know the why behind the what. And that's where we see this pattern come in. Part three, step three, we are given a reason. Going back to the start, what's our motivation? What am I? Who am I? Sure, it's a good thing to, to tell somebody the truth, but how does it honor God? How does it help? And we see our answer there because we are all parts of the same body. So, what are the three steps? Step one, do some introspection and then retreat from the things that are pulling you further from God. Step two, recalculate, reroute yourself with strong goals that honor the Creator and draw you into alignment with Him. And step three, remember that if done correctly, the reason your motivation is found in the start and what you are, and who you are. It's the simple understanding that, um, that allows us, that gives us the opportunity to take Psalms 121-2 as our covenant promise when the hard times hit, when we get off track and we don't know if we can recalculate back to the route. Psalms twenty one 2 says, My hope comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Let's pray. Father God, we are so thankful for your word and for the way that it speaks to us. God, for the simple fact that it is a fabric woven together, although it's written in different times and in different spaces within in different contexts, Lord, that we have a clear picture of who we are in you. That we have a clear directive of what it means to be a Christian and what our goal should be. And God, in this moment, I pray that you are convicting our hearts as we speak. That we would do a heart op- operation. That we would look inside first. That we look at us And that you would help us cast light on those areas that we need to shape, that we need to change, that we need to improve, Lord. And that throughout this year, that everything that we do, and all of the reasons, Lord, that they would all point back to you, that would be honoring to you, God, in this season of re, would you allow us to recalculate and to rethink our purpose here as your creation. God, we can't thank you enough for the way that you love us and for what you have done for us, Lord. And God, we just want to honor you in everything that we do. Would you speak clearly to us? God, would you speak boldly to us? And would you give us the strength and the courage to set some real goals so that we can see the real us, the real us that you created? God, we thank you so much for your love to us. In your name we pray, amen.